about anything but in everything by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus, Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. Thanks for joining us today. This is the Hour of Intercession. I'm Pastor Joseph Parker. We invite you to look with us to begin with in the book of Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy chapter 30, beginning at verse 19, verses 19 and 20. Again, Deuteronomy chapter 30, verses 19 and 20. I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you, that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both you and your descendants may live, that you may love the Lord your God, that you may obey his voice, and that you may cling to him, for he is your life and the length of your days, and that you may dwell in the land which the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give them. Again, verses 19 and 20, Deuteronomy chapter 30. Then looking in the book of Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 24, verses 11 and 12, it tells us, Deliver those who are drawn toward death, and hold back those stumbling to the slaughter. If you say, Surely we did not know this, does not he who weighs the hearts consider it? He who keeps your soul, does he not know it? And will he not render to each man according to his deeds? Again, verses 11 and 12 of Proverbs chapter 24. And then finally, Ephesians chapter 6, Ephesians chapter 6, starting at verse 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. Stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints and for me, that utterance may be given to me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that in it I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. Verses 10 through 20, Ephesians chapter 6. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you for the power that rests upon your word, the grace, the strength, the light, the joy, the encouragement that is found embedded in your word. Lord, thank you for the fact that you've saved us, you've called us out of the world and into a new relationship with you and one another in the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, anoint us afresh with a spirit of boldness and courage. Empower us to be the courageous church you've called us to be, courageously obeying you, courageously, daily, and as a lifestyle, sharing the gospel wherever we go courageously and faithfully making disciples wherever we go, and courageously standing for life. Father, more and more, raise up 
men who understand this issue and who will stand for your truth and stand for what's right, stand what stand for what honors you. More and more, open our eyes as men and women of God. Help us to see, Lord, and to, to know your heart concerning the life issue. And help us to stop sit, sitting and standing on the sidelines. Help us to get up and do all that you've called us to do. Help us to know there's so much work to be done and the church desperately needs to get vitally involved in standing boldly for life. Father, raise up more and more bold and courageous pastors that will in love preach and teach about this issue, in love preach and teach and share insights and truths that will help the church to come to know your heart, your will, and that which you desire the church to do to help end the tragedy of abortion in our nation and in our world. Stir us to be the faithful church you've called us to be. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Thank you again for listening to the Hour of Intercession. Our producer is Isaac Jackson. Isaac is going to lead us in a word of prayer at this time. Hey, Father, thank you so much for Pastor Joseph and for American Family Radio. Father, I ask that you'd move in this broadcast today, that uh, you would speak through these moments, that it'd be you and your truth and your heart proclaimed. Father, um, thank you so much for grace and mercy, but thank you also so much for being so firm in your ways, for being the rock-solid foundation that we can build our life on. And Father, I know also that you're a warrior and that uh, you fight for what's good, you fight for what's right, you're the one fighting our battles, and I hope pray that you would grow up men uh, that walk with you in that, Father, that we would be warriors for you, um, fighting for love and fighting for life. Give it, give us a greater purpose, a greater calling, Father, and thank you so much for that. In your holy name, amen. 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 Thank you, Isaac. And thank you again for being a part of our listening family. I want to remind you once again, my email is joseph at afr.net. Again, that's joseph at afr.net. And as we'll be sharing articles on the broadcast amongst other things, once again, if you'd like to get a copy of one or more or all of the articles we share, simply email us at joseph at afr and let it be known. Again, that's joseph at afr.net. Specifically today, we're looking at the topic, men the life issue and abortion. Again, men, the life issue and abortion. And one of our goals today is to challenge the church as a whole, but men in particular, to get involved with this battle as the Lord would have you to be involved. Sadly, there are so many men that need to be involved with boldly standing for life. There's so much work to be done. And sadly, too often, men will think, well, that's for women to get involved with. That's a woman's issue. I don't know if you could be any more wrong about that. The reality is God calls the church and he calls men to be leaders on every issue when it comes to the kingdom of God, including the life issue. And there's so much work that really does need to be done by strong, bold men and women in the kingdom of God. So as we look at the topic, again, men, the life issue and abortion, we want you to really listen for the heart of God as he speaks to you. Men, but also women of God as well. Pray. It's there is a great need for the church to be praying for men to stand up and be counted. You know, the fact is that you know too often we hear in our culture people have said about the life issue. They say, "Well, it's a woman's issue, and men ought to stay out of this issue." Well, what a tragically silly thing to say. The fact is, there's a man in the picture a hundred percent of the time, and many times men are actually the the driving force or the engine behind many, many abortions. So it's important that we understand that, yes, men have a responsibility, but even bigger than that, 
The fact is, God calls his church to stand up for truth, to stand up for justice, to stand up for what's right. And so men as well as men of God ought to be vitally involved with this issue. And for every single believer listening, my encouragement to you is that you pray and say, Lord, show me what you want me to do. There's plenty of work that God has desires that his people be doing, Christian men and women. And so may we all make it our goal to stand up and be counted. To begin with, I want to share with you an article entitled The Bible, Life, and Abortion. And here's where, again, it's a challenge to Christian men and women to better understand what the Bible actually says about the life issue, what it says about standing for life and standing against abortion. So again, the title of the article, The Bible, Life, and Abortion. What exactly does the Bible say about life, standing for life, and the abortion issue? Does it say anything about these issues, or is it silent? Does it tell us anything about God's perspective in thinking about life and the taking of the life of innocent children? Actually, the Word of God has a lot to say about these issues. Do you want to know God's will and thoughts about these matters? Just look in his book, The Word of God. One definition of abortion is the deliberate murder of a child in the womb of its mother. Another definition is the taking of the life of an innocent baby in his mother's womb, his or her mother's womb. The following are passages from the Word of God that give us God's counsel, his thoughts, and his will concerning life, abortion, and the taking of innocent life. Deuteronomy chapter 30, verses 19 and 20. I call heaven and earth to witness against you today that I've set before you life and death, blessing and curse. Therefore, choose life that you and your offspring may live, loving the Lord your God, obeying his voice and holding fast to him, for he is your life and the length of days that you may dwell in the land that the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac and to Jacob to give them. Again, Deuteronomy chapter 30, verses 19 and 20. Then Exodus chapter 20, verse 13, you shall not murder. Then in Proverbs chapter 11, uh, chapter 24, verses 11 and 12, rescue those who are being taken away to death. Hold back those who are stumbling to the slaughter. If you say, behold, we did not know this. Does not he who weighs the heart perceive it? Does not he who keeps watch over your soul know it? And will he not repay man according to his work? Again, Proverbs 24, 11, and 12. Then Proverbs chapter 31, verses 8 and 9. Open your mouth for the mute. For the rights of all who are destitute, open your mouth, judge righteously, defend the rights of the poor and needy. Again, then that was Proverbs 31, verses 8 and 9. Deuteronomy chapter 12, verse 31. You shall not worship the Lord your God in that way, for every abominable thing that the Lord hates they have done for their gods, for they even burn their sons and their daughters in the fire to their gods. Again, Deuteronomy chapter 12, verse 31. Ezekiel chapter 16, verses 20 and 21. And you took your sons and your daughters, whom you had borne to me, and these you sacrificed to them, to be devoured. Were your, were your whoring so small a matter that you slaughtered my children and delivered them up as an offering by fire to them? Again, Ezekiel 16, verses 20 and 21. Then Psalm 106, verses 37 through 38. They sacrificed their sons and their daughters to the demons. They poured out innocent blood. 
the blood of their sons and daughters whom they sacrificed to the idols of Canaan, and the land was polluted with blood. Again, Psalm 106, verses 37 and 38. Then Jeremiah chapter 32, 32, verse 35. They built the high places of Baal in the valley of the son of Hinnom to offer up their sons and daughters to Molech, though I did not command them, nor did it enter into my mind that they should do this abomination to cause Judah to sin. Jeremiah 32, 35. And then, but keep in mind the truths behind 1 John chapter 1, verse 9. If we confess our sins... He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Again, that's 1 John chapter 1, verse 9. Again, reading it. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Again, 1 John 1, 9. Well, keep in mind, in Exodus chapter 1, verses 15 to 22, and Matthew chapter 2, verses 16 through 18, God's Word tells of two it tells about two governmental leaders, two kings, who for sad, cruel, and selfish reasons gave orders to slaughter innocent little boys. By their power and authority, their orders were carried out. And tragically, we still have governmental leaders who continue to approve killing innocent babies in the womb. This is not an exhaustive listing of the scriptures that speak to the life issue or speak to the importance of standing for life and standing against abortion. These are just a few, but they're enough to help you see what God clearly thinks about the issues, these issues concerning life. What should be our response to the insights of God's Word to all this as the church, as we look at His will, His perspective, and His thoughts on these issues? A wise and correct response on the part of believers and the church is that we get passionately involved passionately involved in aggressively standing for life. You're listening to the Alvin Session. We've been sharing from an article entitled The Bible, Life, and Abortion. We'll be right back.
the music of Lincoln Brewster with Made New. Thanks for listening to the Hour of Intercession here on American Family Radio. Today we're looking at the topic, Men, the Life Issue, and Abortion. Again, the type, the topic for today, Men, the Life Issue, and Abortion. And we were sharing from an article entitled, The Bible, Life, and Abortion. Continuing where, uh, close to where we left off. What can believers do to walk out of passion and commitment to the cause of life? Here are a few ways believers can get involved. Number one, find your local pregnancy center and volunteer your time to help in their ministry. Give financially to one or more local pregnancy centers. Uh, Pray about becoming a monthly donor to your local pregnancy clinic. Pray for the ministry of pregnancy centers and other important pro-life ministries in our communities, and our culture. Inquire about the possibility of your church putting the local pregnancy clinic into its church budget. Number two, take the time and effort to research and learn about active pro-life ministries that are doing significant work to stand for life, to to help save babies, or to help end legalized abortion. And number three, educate yourself about every facet of the issues surrounding life and abortion. Sadly, there's much ignorance, apathy, and misinformation about the life issue and about abortion. Many believers know little or nothing about the reality of chemical abortion or even understand the, the, the fact that abortions can often, chemical abortions can often be reversed and babies saved through simply knowing the right procedures and making the right contacts. Great is the need for the church to become educated spiritually and otherwise about this issue and Get involved. Your help is greatly needed in this battle. And every day counts. Can God count on you? Again, the title of that article is The Bible, Life, and Abortion. Again, The Bible, Life, and Abortion. Then the next one I want to share specifically address is entitled Men and Abortion. And I want you to listen closely, though, because, again, how tragic it is that we live in a culture where too often people will say, Men should stay out of this issue. And again, that is such a tragic perspective because, as I mentioned earlier, men are, men are involved in every situation where an abortion comes up. They're involved 100% of the time. And sadly, many times, there are many women who are either on the fence about getting an abortion or they literally do not want to get one. But too often, the man will decide, I'm not ready to be a daddy or something to that effect. And very often, he will demand that she get an abortion. And very, very often, the woman will do exactly what her boyfriend or husband tells her to do in this situation. That doesn't sound like a woman's choice to me. So again, this, this next article is entitled, Men and Abortion. Men, the driving force behind many abortions. In our culture, it's commonly said that abortion and abortion rights is about a woman having the right to choose what to do with her own body. This is one of the ongoing claims of pro-choice people who are sold out to the tragedy of abortion. Well, if the concern is really about a woman's quote-unquote right to choose, then consider a huge reality that is being glaringly overlooked too often in our culture today. Statistically speaking, men are the driving force behind many abortions. Allow me to share a scenario that is tragically very common. Too often in our culture, a man, upon learning that his girlfriend is pregnant, 
will become very upset. Often he'll become angry and ask typically a stupid question. Typically that question is, how did this happen? His actual thoughts are, why didn't you do all you could do to prevent this with all the birth control methods and opportunities there are out there? He will then very selfishly make other statements like, I'm not ready to be a daddy, or we can't afford a baby, or how could you have let this happen? Then too often, the next reaction is, you will get an abortion. Do you understand? There's no need for discussion. And in many cases, the girlfriend does exactly what her boyfriend demands. Though it's very often stated that this issue is about a woman's right to choose, is she choosing? In many such cases, you have a woman that either wants to keep her baby or you have a woman who's on the fence and undecided. Then upon receiving the reaction of her boyfriend, she will decide, I better do what he says. Again, this situation is extremely common in our culture, even though it is, it, even though it is said that it's her right to choose, too terribly often she's being coerced or more or less forced to get an abortion against her will. Now, it's actually against the law to force or coerce a woman to have an abortion if she wants to keep her baby. Tragically, though, many women don't know that this is the law in all 50 states. Many of them don't realize that the law is on their side. Many men don't know this law either. And sadly, too many men don't really care. So it's hard Excuse me. So it's not hard to see that though many claim they want to maintain a woman's right to choose, this is actually not the issue in so many instances. Time and time again in this sad situation, the woman is not choosing at all. The man is. There's an overwhelming need for persons that know and understand the law in this situation to help inform more people about the law. It can be done by word of mouth, obviously, Yet two very helpful resources are, number one, the Dear Client Letter, and number two, the Dear Parent Letter, found at thejusticefoundation.org. Again, thejusticefoundation.org. Churches and schools should get copies of these items or similar resources to help people come to know the law. Men have too often taken women's rights. Men have too often taken women's right to choose life away. They have done too often exactly what men should not have done, demanded an abortion. This situation needs to end. The ignorance and the selfishness of our culture has already done, done way too much damage. Any concerned individual can help spread the word. Again, the title of that article is Men and Abortion. And if you'd like to get a copy of it, Simply email us at joseph at afr.net. We'll be glad to get get you a copy. Again, joseph at afr.net. Father, thank you, Lord, for the fact that we as the church are in such a critically important position to help address this issue. Lord, more and more stir us as the church to boldly get involved in all the ways you'd have us to be involved in, boldly proclaiming in love the truth about the life issue. Help us to proclaim that truth from the pulpit, from the Sunday school class, Bible studies, but help people to understand that your word clearly lets us know that abortion is never right. It's always murder, and sadly, it's even 
first degree, it really is first degree murder. Help us to realize, Lord, that's the reality of what it is. Help us to realize that you've clearly let us know your will in this matter and that we, the church, as we in love preach and teach the truth, many babies can be saved. Help us to make it our goal to come alongside and to lovingly help women who find themselves expecting a baby at a tough time. And help us to know, Lord, that this is very much the responsibility of every local church to to do their part as you have called and are calling them to do. Help us to be mindful, Lord, there's so much work to be done. Help us to faithfully be about your business. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. The next article we want to share is entitled Sex Trafficking in the Abortion Industry, Evil Twins. Again, Sex Trafficking in the Abortion Industry, Evil Twins. Jeremiah chapter 17 verse 9 tells us, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Again, Jeremiah 17 verse 9. The following are testimonials of women who sadly... uh, were, involved, were victims of sex trafficking. These are testimonials that they shared after being rescued out of sex trafficking. And let me just warn you, they're, they're very difficult to listen to, but they're real testimonies of women who, by God's grace, were rescued out of the tragedy of sex trafficking. Number one, when my trafficker found out that any of his quote-unquote girls were pregnant, he would take us outside and beat us with a pipe around our stomach and abdomen until we miscarried. This happened to me four times. I never carried a pregnancy to term. Number two, I was trafficked when I was 13 and got pregnant six times. I was always taken to a clinic by my trafficker and forced to have an abortion. Number three, before he started trafficking me, my trafficker took me to a clinic He pretended to be my uncle and had the doctor administer Depo-Provera to me. I got intermittent Depo-Provera shots from the time I was 13 throughout the time I was trafficked until I was 23. Number four, my trafficker advertised me as someone who would not be using a condom, and so after a weekend of being sold at upscale hotels, he would force me to take Plan B. I had Plan B so many times that I had gynecological problems for five years after I got out. Number six, I was trafficked when I was a child. I had so many abortions and was back out, quote-unquote, on the track again right afterward and had so many untreated infections that I developed scar tissue, PID, and ultimately had to have a hysterectomy. The pain of not being able to have a child now that I'm happily married is too great to describe in words. What, what I've just read are real accounts of women who survived sex trafficking yet experienced forced abortions by their captors. Sadly, this happens too often right here in America as well as in other nations. Modern-day sex slavery is what sex trafficking is, amongst other things. It's evil, wicked, and devastating in so many ways for the victims. Yet, sadly, the tragic and very wicked industry of abortion is an evil twin to sex trafficking. The abortion industry works hand-in-glove with sex trafficking as one aids and abets the other. Many are the victims of both hideous and dark industries. 
It is so critical that we, the Church of Jesus Christ, recognize and passionately mobilize to aggressively work to end both tragic industries. In the Gospel of John, in chapter 10, verse 10, we're told, The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. These two industries represent the epitome of what the devil seeks to do to all human beings on this planet. It's true that he seeks to steal from, kill, and destroy all people. The Lord Jesus Christ is the answer to all these and all other ills in our world. And we, the church, are the hands and feet of Jesus in this world. We are called to pray diligently and passionately for the ending of the work of both of these wicked industries. However, it's so important that we understand that we pray and then get up and do what we're called to do to help in these tragic works of darkness. Where does the church start? A great starting place is first pray. And then as you pray, also start educating yourself and your church family about these works of darkness. Research and find out about ministries that are on the front lines coming against these dark industries. Look at the websites of Christian ministries that are working faithfully to combat sex trafficking. Typically, they're well prepared to help educate believers about the dark organizations that are involved with sex trafficking. Also, there are other ministries. We can, we can help these ministries and give financially to help them carry out their vital mission. Also, we can help to sponsor Bible studies or workshops or events that can serve to educate the church family about these issues. Find out ways to help extend the educational reach of these ministries. Also, learn more, much, l- learn more, much more about so much of what the Ministry of Standing for Life is about. There are many great ministries that are doing great things to help the cause of life. Pregnancy help centers are ministries that provide free help to women who find themselves expecting a child at a tough time in their lives. Praying for pregnancy centers and giving financially to help them carry out their mission are two great ways many believers can get involved. Volunteer your time and or help to give baby items such as diapers, baby bottles, baby clothes, etc. to local pregnancy clinics. You can pray for women who go to abortion clinics to change their minds and keep their babies. Many people would be surprised at the number of women who go to abortion clinics to get abortions, but change their minds and decide not to abort. This is the result often of the people of God praying behind the scenes. Believers can volunteer and be trained to be sidewalk advocates who work outside of abortion clinics. The Lord uses people who stand and pray share pro-life brochures, and who are simply there to help women to choose to keep their babies instead of aborting them. They also very often help women see that choosing to place their baby up for adoption is a very good, noble, and fruitful option instead of abortion. And we'll pick up, we can pick up there on the other side. This article is entitled, Sex Trafficking and the Abortion Industry, Evil Twins. And our overall topic for the broadcast today, men, the life issue, and abortion. We'll be right back. Sex. 
Sometimes the sky was so far away Sometimes it seemed to stoop so close You could touch it but your heart would break Sometimes the morning came too soon Sometimes the day could be Rich Mullins with Sometimes by Steph. Thanks for listening to the Hour of Intercession here on American Family Radio. Our, our overall topic for the broadcast today is men, the life issue, and abortion. And specifically, we were sharing from an article by the title. This article's entitled, Sex Trafficking and the Abortion Industry, Evil Twins. Picking up. Believers can volunteer and be trained to be sidewalk advocates who work outside of abortion clinics. The Lord uses people to stand and pray, to share pro-life brochures, and who are simply there to help women to choose to keep their babies instead of aborting them. They also very often help women see that choosing to place their baby up for adoption is a very good, noble, and fruitful option instead of abortion. There are also many other great ministries that help to address many sides of the pro-life cause. Prayerfully decide to get involved where the Lord wants you to get involved. Whatever you do, don't stand on the sidelines. There's too much work to be done for any of us to do that. In the parable of the Good Samaritan, there are three persons who who represent the church. They are the priest, the Levite, and the Samaritan. Read Luke 10, verses 25 to 37. Well, in, in the parable, a traveler has been attacked, beaten up, robbed, and left severely wounded on the side of the road. The priest comes along, sees the wounded man, and passes by on the other side. The Levite, too, comes along and sees the same wounded individual, and he, too, passes by on the other side. Yet the Samaritan comes along and sees the wounded man and reacts very, very differently from the first two persons. He stops seeks to nurse the man and his injuries and helps him to a place where he can receive further help and attention. He also spends money to help see after his needs. The Lord Jesus very specifically told the lawyer and all the rest of us in the church to go and do not as the priest or the Levite. Christ told us to do as the Samaritan did. He told us to sacrificially love our brothers and sisters in need. Brothers and sisters, let us love the Lord enough to do what he says. Again, the title of that article, Sex Trafficking and the Abortion Industry, Evil Twins. And if you'd like to get a copy, simply email us. Once again, my email is joseph at afr.net. Again, that's joseph at afr.net. Again, you're listening to the Hour of Intercession as we're today looking at the topic, Men, 
the life issue and abortion. Now, keep in mind, a whole other side of this issue, too, is that there are instances where the man very much wants to keep the baby, yet the reality is the law says the mother can choose. And so if the mother decides to abort, even if the father is hoping and even pleading, please let our child live, the reality is sadly the woman can decide all by herself to end the life of her baby. What a tragedy, but that's the way the law approaches it. But the fact is, men and women, we're called to choose life. There's never an instance where abortion is a good thing. Again, abortion is simply another, it's actually another word for first-degree murder. Now, again, many might think, that sounds so harsh. You know, sometimes the truth hurts. But the reality is it's helpful to know the truth. Yes, abortion is first-degree murder. And what a tragedy that back in 73 when Roe v. Wade was, um, was decided, it legalized the murder of innocent babies in the womb. And praise God for the fact that last year it was overturned. But what a tragedy to think that over 63 million babies died as a result of the legalized murder of babies in the womb that happened in 73. May we as believers commit to getting much more involved. And again, we're encouraging and challenging every Christian man listening. Find out. Go to God in prayer and find out what he wants you to do because he has work for you to do as it relates to the life issue as well. This final article we want to share is one we've shared before, but it's it's entitled A Portrait of Real Manhood. And our encouragement is that you and I, we as men, seek to really be godly men in addressing the need to seek first the kingdom of heaven and also to be involved with boldly standing for life and against the tragedy of abortion. Again, the title of this article, A Portrait of Real Manhood. The headlines of our day are screaming at us, letting us know where some of the real problems are with men in our culture. Lots of our men look the part. Many many of our men are outstanding athletes, highly gifted young men with lots of potential, much physical prowess, and many characteristics that our society admires. Yet, tragically, so many of our young men don't know and have not been mentored, taught, trained, and schooled in what real manhood is and what it's all about. One's prowess on the basketball court, the football field, or the soccer field, or the baseball diamond. Again, his ability to make money, his ability to think, maybe to rap. All these may be admirable, but it may tell society that those who admire that person basically nothing about how much a real man, an individual male, actually is. Today, there's a tremendous need for men in particular and society as a whole to get a clear picture, an accurate portrait of what a real man, quote-unquote, looks like. This picture, though, gives us a great view, though not of his outward appearance, It mostly depicts his heart, his mind, and his perspective in life. It's from the Word of God that we can find the characteristics of what a real man is and what he is to be about. No one knows better than God what the most important characteristics of a man truly are. Now let's look at the Word of God and paint a portrait. Some characteristics of a real man include, number one, he has received Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of his life. See John 3.16 and Romans 10.9. And he seeks to be a man like David after God's own heart. 
See Psalm 23. Number two, he seeks to read the Word of God daily for himself. See Psalm 1 and Psalm 119, verse 105. Number three, a real man seeks to spend time in prayer every day. See Mark 135, Philippians 4, 6, and 7, and Daniel chapter 6, verse 10. Number four, a real man seeks to have a time daily to bring his family together, if he has a family, to read the Word of God, to teach from the Word, and pray together. See Deuteronomy 6, verses 1 to 9, and Ephesians 6, 1 to 4. Number five, a real man takes and or makes time to train and instruct his children, teaching them about God, the Word of God, and teaching them wisdom in all areas of life. See Deuteronomy 6, verses 1 to 9, Proverbs 2, 1 to 9, and Proverbs 3, 1 and 2, and Proverbs 4, 1 through 6. Number six, a real man seeks to lead and take his family to church regularly, such as worship service on Sundays and Bible study on Wednesdays. See Joshua 24, 15 and Hebrews 10, 24 to 25. Number seven, a real man has a sense of mission in his life. He seeks with passion to fulfill the specific call of God and the calls of God on his life, whatever those callings may be. See Romans 12, 1 and 2, Colossians 3, 1 through 3. Number eight, a real man works hard to provide for his family. See 1 Timothy 5, verse 8. Note to be reminded of, God gave Adam a job before he gave him a wife. See Genesis chapter 2. Number nine, a real man is a protector for his family. See Matthew chapters 1 and 2. And number 10, a real man lives the life of a good role model for his family and others. See Joshua 24, 15, chapter 24, verse 15. Number 11, a real man has the wisdom and the courage to take responsibility and deal with problems head on. He takes responsibility and doesn't run from it. First Chronicles chapter 12, verse 32. Being a man, a real man is much more than just being able to father a baby. A man, a godly man, has a love for God and a maturity and an authority about him that sets him apart from the rest of the males in the world. A real man is seeking God and seeking to fulfill God's purposes for his life. A real man has perspectives that are biblical and honorable. A real man is someone who understands that women and girls are special and precious, and they are to be honored and protected by men. Real men understand that women are not objects to conquer or persons to be disrespected and used. A real man respects and honors women and girls. A real man will not take advantage of women. He respects women and will decide not to get involved with a woman sexually unless he has won her heart and has put a ring on her finger and married her first. He understands that sex is, he understands that sex is for a man and a woman who are married to each other. He knows that he's never to have a sexual relationship with any woman other than the woman that, he, that is his wife, period. A real man, a godly man, is a man who has clearly decided to leave the actions and attitudes of boyhood behind. His mind, his thinking, his heart, his actions, and his attitude now seek to reflect that of a real man. Read 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 11 and 13. Boys ask questions while real men give answers. Boys play house while men build homes. Boys shack up while men get married. Boys too often abuse and misuse girls and women. Men protect, appreciate, honor, and look out for girls. Women, girls and women. 
Real men don't hit women. They protect them. Boys too often consider a woman an object to be used. Real men see a woman as a gift and a prize to be honorably pursued and won. Boys make babies while men have and raise children. A boy won't raise his own children. A man will guide, teach, discipline, and train his own children and someone else's when the need arises. Boys make excuses for failure while men produce ways and strategies to succeed. Boys look for someone to take care of them while men look for someone to take care of. Boys drop out of school saying that school is too hard and a waste of their time while men recognize the importance of and value of education and preparing themselves. They desire to be educated in order to gain a skill in order to reach their full potential in life. The world in which we live is in tremendous need of faithful, godly men. Pray that God will raise up many of them who understand the important place and call of God upon them to be men after God's own heart in their home and in society and culture as well. Again, the title of that article, A Portrait of Real Manhood. If you want to get a copy, simply email us, joseph at afr.net. Again, that's joseph at afr.net. We'd be glad to get a copy to you. We've been looking today at the topic, Men, the Life Issue, and Abortion. And as we normally do before we end the broadcast, if you're listening today and you know that you've never made the eternally important decision of inviting Jesus Christ to come into your heart as Lord and Savior, today is a great day to be saved. If you'd like to make that step, would you simply, from your heart, pray this prayer and ask Christ to come into your heart to save you and make you brand new? Would you pray with me now? Lord Jesus, thank you for loving me so much that you came into this world a long time ago. You lived. You died on the cross to pay for all my sins. Three days later, you rose up from the dead so that I could be saved. Lord, I confess, I've sinned and done wrong in many, many ways. Lord, I repent and I turn from all the wrong I've done. Forgive me, Lord, for all the wrong things I've done. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Be the Lord and Savior of my life. In your word, you told us, whoever calls in the name of the Lord shall be saved. Lord, right now, I'm calling on your name. Lord, save me. Fill me with your spirit. Help me to live my whole life following you. Thank you, Lord, for saving me. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Well, if you prayed that prayer and committed your life to Christ, we want very much to be in touch with you. Once again, my email is joseph at afr.net. Again, that's joseph at afr.net. Please email us. We want to share some resources that will help you to grow up and grow strong in your new walk with the Lord. Please do get in touch. We look forward to hearing from you. Once again, joseph at afr.net. If you wanted to get copies of any of the articles we shared, again, same email. Again, the articles were entitled, the first one, The Bible, Life and Abortion. The second one, Men and Abortion. The third one, Sex Trafficking in Sex Trafficking and the Abortion Industry, Evil Twins. And the final one, A Portrait of Real Manhood. Simply email us, joseph at afr.net. We'll be glad to share any and, any and or all of them with you. Again, joseph at afr.net. Thanks for listening.
The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast do not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.